there, Niels Lofren. Love that track and shine silently. 14 minutes past eight, the full English breakfast show. A peer was blocked from speaking in a parliamentary debate after he was accused of falling asleep in the House of Lords. They do, you do see them. <laughs> Lord Young of Norwood Green attempted on Monday to voice his thoughts on a bill allowing the UK to diverge from EU laws governing the genetic modification of crops. Standing to speak, he began, I wanted to take part in this debate because I staked my position as somebody who is a Remainer. And if there's two things that I welcome in coming out of the common market. One is the EU's common agricultural policy and this particular gene editing. But the Labour peer was interrupted by Government Whip Baroness Bloomfield of Hinton Waldrist, who intervened to say, I'm sorry, but the noble lord was fast asleep for the entire duration of the minister's speech. <laughs> he really should not participate in this debate, having failed to take advantage of the ability to hear him. And lord Young, a former union boss, who's also served as a BBC governor, replied, sorry, to which the government frontbencher repeated, I'm afraid the noble lord was fast asleep for the entirety of the minister's opening speech. Now, when the 79-year-old Lord Young responded that he was not now asleep, Lady Bloomfield retorted, Well, I had to send a note to you in order to wake you up by the doorkeeper. Uh, last year, Tory MP Sir Desmond Swain said that he was embarrassed and annoyed himself for having fallen asleep during a speech by Ken Clark on Brexit, adding it had been a very long day because he'd gone for an early morning swim. Desmond Swine, as I prefer to call him. Uh, the image of him with his head on his shoulder, which he described to the BBC as horrible, was followed 80 months later by the infamous incident in which then House of Commons leader Jacob Rees-Mogg was seen sprawled across the front bench with his eyes closed. Good to know that the people running Oh, our it lives happens are... all the time. Sorry, it yeah, does. It happens all the time, you yeah. see them yeah, nodding off. He'd probably been listening to this programme first. <laughs> Uh, this is Kurt Vile, former guitarist with the War on Drugs, and his new record, Like Exploding Stones. The Press Review is brought to you by BMW Cote d'Azur. A lot of papers lead with the Roman Abramovich story. The Times says that Roman Abramovich is said to be suspected to belonging to an organised crime group that cheated the Russian government out of £2 billion. The claim related to his involvement in two deals to buy oil companies that made his fortune. BBC Panorama said a document smuggled out of Russia showed the government had been cheated out of £2.7 billion in his deal to buy Sibneft. The oligarch was seen on Monday at an airport in Israel. A sources said that leading EU diplomats had agreed to sanction him. He paid around £190 million for Sibneft in 1995 and sold it back to the government for £13 billion in 2005, two years after Vladimir Putin became president. His lawyers say there's no basis for alleging he's amassed very substantial wealth through criminality. The Russian billionaire was sanctioned by the UK government last week because of his links to Vladimir Putin. Mr Abramovich's assets have been frozen and he's been disqualified as a director of Chelsea Football Club. Now, the Russian billionaire has already admitted in a UK course that he made a corrupt payments to help get the Sibnev deal off the ground. In this morning's Figaro, health experts in France have warned to remain vigilant despite the scrapping of Covid restrictions. Monday saw an end to the vaccination pass and masks in public places, including schools and businesses. Four weeks out from presidential polls, the government says France's high vaccination rates and lower hospitalisation numbers have allowed it to lift the tough antivirus measures the French have been living with for so long. This is despite a rising number of infections. However, health experts advise people to remain vigilant, especially among the most vulnerable members of society, warning the virus is still in high circulation. And the Irish Times has an intriguing piece about the activities of the former German Chancellor Gerhard Schroeder. 
the paper says the 77-year-old retired politician, now a Russian energy lobbyist twice over, was in Moscow last week to talk with his longtime friend Vladimir Putin. Officially, at least, nobody in Berlin's federal government knew about his visit, not even Schroeder's political protégé Olaf Scholz, now Chancellor. Uh, facing his own round of Berlin-Paris phone diplomacy over the weekend with Moscow, Scholz said of Schroeder's intervention, no doubt we will hear the results. Uh, very little is known about the trip. Schroeder left his home in Hanover last Monday, held talks with senior Ukrainian officials in Istanbul, and after contacting a senior Putin aide on Wednesday, was whisked to Moscow on a private jet. Uh, the two men had several hours of talks early that evening or on Thursday, according to reports, the latest twist in a relationship going back more than 20 years. Uh, BBC World Service News live from London is coming up next, the full English breakfast show. The Press Review, brought to you by BMW, Mies Premium Motors, Bayern Avenue Cannes, BMW Store Monaco and JPV Fréjus. Boost your business with the electrified range by BMW. Find all the BMW business drive offers at your car dealer. The terrific Tuesday pop quiz. It certainly is. And I think you'll, this is easy peasy this morning. Won't be a problem. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Maybe not. Question number one. On this day in 1973, Roberta Flack was at number Killing one in the US. There we go. <laughs> Question number two. On this day in 1986, the Bangles were at number two in the UK with Manic Monday, written by who? Oh, I know this, but uh, Prince. Yes. Yes. And finally, it's his birthday today. Born on this day in 1962, this American singer and songwriter... Asked your little sister to dance and to sign your name as something else if you let him stay. I thought that was quite creative of me, no? I thought that was pretty good, yes. Can we have if you let me stay? No. Oh, no, please, I don't really like the others. Well, you don't like Dance Little Sister? Oh, I prefer if you let me stay. All right. (laughs) I prefer wishing well myself. No, that's a bit naff. Well, each to his own. (laughs) God, dear, if you let me stay... Riviera Radio. Business. Morning. Good morning. Finally worked out how the radio station works and the computer's up and running this morning, is it? Where have you been? Don't you know there's a war on? been waiting for you to dial through. It's yeah, ridiculous. You know, it's it's been right, here you over know, a week. Here we are waiting for a nuclear attack and you swan off to Dubai for a week. And it's all very well, isn't it? Uh, spending time with clients in the Middle East to guide them through the turmoil of the global economy and financial markets. You're absolutely correct. What's sitting by the pool every day on your mobile? <laughs> Not exactly, no. Not exactly, but there was a bit of that going on, I should think. There was a mild moment for a chicken shawarma and a few rays Ooh. of sunshine at the end of the week. That was it. I love a chicken shawarma. Really. I love a chicken shawarma. Did you Very have hummus nice. with it? Uh, no, I didn't. I had this uh, garlic mayonnaise uh, dip. Aioli, I, I, I don't know. Aioli. Like yeah. Yes. Okay. How yeah, do you call it? Nice. You don't get that in Benidorm, so you're not Governor? used to it. Right. Okay. Mm. Uh, I'm glad you're back to guide us through the turmoil that's affecting the markets. It's impossible to call them at the moment. Uh, Wall Street closed mainly down, although the Dow Jones was flat, but uh, London ended up. Yeah, it's been interesting. European stocks actually rose yesterday, say, and in London. Uh, Stock 600 was up 1.2%, the highest level since March the 3rd. Lots of volatility continuing markets. We saw that on Wall Street as investors await the Fed decision tomorrow. S&P 500 failed to hold on to a 1% gain. In fact, closed down 7 tenths of 1%. The real weakness that we have been seeing, of course, has been in the technology market. Look at the Nasdaq yesterday, down 2%. In fact, closing in bear market territory which means it's down 20% from the record high. 
10-year Treasury yields hitting their highest level since 2019, 2.13% as markets wait to hear what the path of policy normalisation is going to be from the US Central Bank tomorrow. Some good news coming through in terms of energy markets. Oil briefly touched below the $100 a barrel. Mark hopes that we will see some increase in production levels coming through from the likes of Saudi Arabia, from Kuwait and from the UAE. And perhaps even a revival of the Iranian nuclear deal could help to offset some of the weakness and uh, potential rationing of supply as a result of uh, the war in Ukraine and the sanctions being put on Russia. Gold declined 1.6% yesterday, $1,958 an ounce as global bond yields rise. Gold has performed well during the course of this year. Investors have flocked to it as a safe haven. If you look at holdings in ETFs, they've jumped 55 tonnes over the course of the past week to the highest level in a year. Um, but uh, whether investors stick with that, we'll have to wait to see. Depends, of course, on how much tension continues to flow through the global economy. Opening calls on the European bourses are negative this morning, reflecting what we saw on Wall Street towards the end of the closing session. And, of course, the weakness we've seen in Asia overnight, currently calling European stocks down nine-tenths of one percent. Ooh, well, you know, as uh, Sir Alex Ferguson's always fond of saying, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So you just have to sit tight, really, don't you? I think, yeah, maintaining your composure, being and staying invested is incredibly important. The time not to panic. Still lots to be confident about in terms of the outlook for the global economy. Valuations, of course, have come down quite substantially. If you look at Europe, global equities, in fact, now trading on a 16 times forward multiple. That's in line with their 30-year average. That's down from a 20 times multiple that we saw back in September. Earnings growth still remains good indeed. We still expect global earnings growth of 8.5% during the course of this year. And global growth, we have reduced our forecast there, but we still expect the global economy to grow at 3.4%, which is an above-trend rate. So what should we be investing in? Uh, oil, uh, defence firms, uh, commodities such as wheat, corn, and um, maybe coppers and nickel as well? Well, I don't think so, because really you're positioning your portfolio for potentially what has happened last week, what is not what's going to happen over the next month, the next year, the next five years. So for us, I think it's still about looking at companies that can benefit from the economic recovery, benefit from um, higher levels of inflation, higher yields, and um, benefit from um, those that have pricing power. So we continue to believe that you should be looking at um, financials, you should be looking at energy, you should be looking at materials, and you should be looking at industrials. In the short term, however, you want greater diversification and you probably want greater exposure to some of the defensive sectors. Our preferred defensive sector is healthcare. So have you had to put any petrol in your car since you returned to Pottstown? <laughs> Mrs. Potts told me £165 to fill our car up yesterday. Can you believe that? Well, you've got a massive gas gun SCV, haven't you? So. That is, a, that is a crazy price and of course it is. has broad-based implications, um, higher energy prices, the rationing of oil in terms of weighing on industrial production, impacting corporate profitability, but also of course weighing on households' disposable income. So if they're having to spend more in terms of 
petrol, more on heating, then they're gonna have less money to spend elsewhere. And that, of course, could put pressure on some of the consumer plays. We'll talk more about oil prices and uh, what the reaction from oil firms should be uh, tomorrow. I know you're a bit pushed for time and a couple of other big stories. Uh, China, a big sell-off there today. Uh, looks like um, growth in the first quarter could be closer to zero than the previously forecast 5.5%. Seem really aggressive selling, as you say. This is on a number of concerns. There's concerns over Beijing's relationship with Moscow and renewed regulatory risks and a slowdown coming through in terms of its economy. Socks registered their worst day since the global financial crisis on Monday. The Hang Seng was down 4%. In fact, it's added to those losses and extended those over the course of the, of the uh, past trading session down 6.5% overnight. The Hang Seng's technology index tumbled 11% on Monday, down a further 7% today. So this gives you a magnitude of the selling that we have been seeing there. It follows a report citing US officials that Russia has asked China for military assistance for its war in Ukraine. Fears that assistance, of course, would result in sanctions being applied to China. China is vulnerable to higher energy prices. It's the world's largest importer of energy. And it all comes on top of regulatory worries. News that Tencent is reportedly facing a possible record fine for violations of anti-money laundering rules. But there's this broader regulatory crackdown that's been taking place on Chinese tech firms, part of this common prosperity goal, you could argue, that would limit the power, limit the profits that the big tech companies can make. And there's also a risk, of course, of Chinese firms delisting from the US as the SEC identified some names as part of the crackdown on foreign firms that refuse to open their books up to US regulators. And the other aspect just to focus on, of course, is the reaction probably to the spate of COVID-induced lockdowns that have been implemented in China, particularly in that tech hub of Shenzhen, which is also the world's fourth busiest port. So lots of broad ramifications there. MSCI China Index seen its valuation more than half from the February 2021 peak. And as uh, the French government forces EDF to uh, cap our energy prices at a 4% rise, EDF uh, will be making UK consumers pay through the nose for their electricity. How's Brexit going? I think they may supply the pots outside. Let's see. EDF forecasting a deeper hit to earnings from falling nuclear output and the French government's cap on power prices for consumers. Its atomic output has dropped to the lowest level in more than three decades. That's due to maintenance on its reactors. They forecast the impact of the regulatory changes on 2022 earnings as being around 10.2 billion euros. Energy market chaos, of course, exacerbated by the Russian invasion of Ukraine, putting further pressure on France to restructure its biggest power supplier. It's been reported the government is considering whether to revive a plan to nationalise the company and restructure its business. EDF shares, as you imagine, down. They're off around about 19% year to date. Hope you didn't leave the lights on when you went away for a week. You might have to remortgage. Uh, foreign exchanges, please. Pound against the dollar coming in at 130 this morning. Euro dollar coming in at 109.5. Going to get just under one euro and 19 cents for your British pound this morning. Thank you. Speak to you tomorrow. Have a good day. Hank Potts and Barclays. On FM and DAB Plus across the Côte d'Azur, on your phone and worldwide online. This is Riviera Radio with the latest local news for the south of France. Sarah Lyster has the top stories across the Riviera.
According to figures from France's Interior Minister, 13,500 refugees have already been welcomed in France as French President Emmanuel Macron visits Ukrainian refugees today at a centre in the Maine-et-Loire. Uh, the head of state will meet Ukrainian families who have arrived in recent days. Meanwhile, the Interior Minister is to visit Corsica tomorrow and Thursday after the recently violent demonstrations on the island. The Minister said that he strongly condemns the violence and gives his full support to the police officers and gendarmes who have been injured, as well as to the state services concerned. He called for a return to calm without delay, without which he said no dialogue can begin. In other news, French Prime Minister Jean Castex has launched a call for investments in two floating wind farm projects in the Mediterranean Sea, which could supply electricity to one million people and be operational by 2030. During the presentation on Monday, Castex announced that one of the projects would be located 20 kilometres from the Fosse-sur-Mer in the Bouche de Rhône. In the run-up to the presidential elections in France, French president and candidate Emmanuel Macron is to hold a meeting in Nice on Wednesday, March the 23rd at the Palais Nicaya. Organisers say that five to 6,000 people are expected to attend the rally, orchestrated by the mayor of Nice, Christian Strozzi, who intends to take an active part in the campaign of the outgoing president. He's participating in several meetings across France in the coming days. In addition to Christine Estrosi, Edouard Philippe, former Prime Minister and founder of the Horizons Party, and France's Minister of Health, Olivier Verin, will also be in attendance. It's not yet confirmed if Macron will be present, all depending on the situation in Ukraine. Meanwhile, the mayor of Nice, Christine Estrosi, has welcomed the announcement from the French government on Monday that the price of fuel at the pumps will be reduced by 15 cents per litre for four months from April the 1st. The mayor called it an exceptional and common-sense measure that must be accompanied by a similar effort from companies. The price reduction is expected to cost the French government about €2 billion. Euros. According to an annual report published on Monday, the art market reached a new world record in 2021. Driven by contemporary art, fine art auction sales reached a new record in 2021 at $17.08 billion. That's an increase of 60% compared to 2020 and 28% compared to 2019. For two years, the health crisis has dramatically accelerated the dematerialisation of the art market. 87% of the 6,300 auction houses monitored by Art Price now have all the back office facilities to conduct online auctions. With a total of $5.95 billion in sales, China represents 35% of the world art market overall. That's just ahead of the United States, which totals 34% of the market. And with 91,699 works sold, France ranks after the United States, exceeding for the first time the billion dollars. In football, footballer Karim Benzema has taken over, overtaken rather, Thierry Henry to become the top French scorer in history with 413 goals. The international striker scored twice in Real Madrid's victory in Mallorca on Monday on the 28th day of the Spanish Championship. Up to 40 centimetres of snow has fallen in the region's ski resorts after several weeks of dry weather. The snowfall at the weekend was greatly welcomed by the resorts of Oran, Isola, Valberg and La Colmian to end the season with a smile. Meanwhile, however, France is expecting sand dust from the Sahara today, which could give a particularly orange tint in the sky in certain regions. It's expected to affect western and northern France, as well as Spain, Belgium, Germany and Austria. Traffic and Travel, brought to you by Aston Martin Cannes, your new exclusive dealer on the French Riviera. 
It's not coming anywhere near us, though, is it? Apparently not. I think oh, the good. last time was in 2014. I know. And we had that big wave and... Just yeah. washed my car. <laughs> turned oh, then it might be on its way. Yeah. Mm. Uh, no, I haven't, I haven't just washed it. Oh. Um, no, I oh, don't Last then. time it happened. Apparently it's very good for the soil. Oh, good. Yes. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> motorway looks... Uh, well, maybe not. <laughs> motorway looks uh, <laughs> slow. <laughs> looks, looks like a motorway, really, does it? What, they're... Tarmac. In, in the words of one former <laughs> Riviera radio presenter, I can see things on the left side <laughs> and things I, on the right I, side. I, I do that. <laughs> Eastbound is slow between Nice and Canis Samaire. The Monaco tunnel looks like it's closed at the moment. Just have a check on that. Or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> East and westbound a bit slow around the Cannes area. Apart from that, we're OK. Moyne Corniche, very, very busy coming down into Monaco. Roadworks on the Basque Corniche around the Marla area. Then again at Cap Dye, it's quite slow. Uh, the Voir Rapide in Nice is looking slow at each end now. Penetrance coming down from Moujans to the motorway. The usual slowdown starting. Trains OK. Nothing to report at Nice Coaster Airport. Traffic and travel brought to you by Aston Martin Cannes. A Shopar Automobile Group dealership, 235 Route du Canet in Mougins. Find out more at astonmartincan.com. Riviera Radio, Sports News. Golf, Cameron Smith of Australia has won his biggest prize, yes, after holding off England's Paul Casey to win the Players' Championship at Sawgrass, Florida. Smith holed 10 birdies in the six under par final round to reach 13 under and claim the $3.6 million prize. Uh, Anir Ban Lahari of India finished second on 12 under, with Casey, who'd been pushing Smith for much of the final round, ending on 11 under. The championship had to be completed on Monday after bad weather prevented it from being played on Sunday. Football. Manchester City have dropped points at Crystal Palace. Yes, they've left the door ajar for Liverpool. Here are the details from BBC Sports. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Hello, I'm Jordan Elgott at the BBC Sports Centre. Liverpool will move top of the Premier League table should they beat Arsenal on Wednesday night. That's after Manchester City drew 0-0 away at Crystal Palace. Liverpool are currently three points behind Manchester City, but Liverpool have a better goal difference. Former Chelsea defender Mario Melchiot says the London club's form shouldn't suffer despite the ongoing speculation surrounding their future. Chelsea are looking for a new owner after Roman Abramovich put the club up for sale after the Russian was sanctioned by the UK government. But Melchior says the players themselves shouldn't find it too difficult to focus. When you're a footballer and you stand on the field and the referee blows the whistle and you play 90 minutes and even if it's the extra time, those 90 minutes, you forget about everything. You don't think about one second think about anybody. The only moment when you think about the fans or anybody around you is when you either make a mistake or you score a goal because then your emotions go. But away from that, you're so happy because your mindset just takes you away from all the problems that you had, even if you have personal problems. Football is one of the key things. It's almost like a medicine to any footballer. Next up for Chelsea is the second leg of their Champions League last 16 tie against Lille, where they lead 2-0. Before that, Manchester United take on Atletico Madrid at Old Trafford. It's one all after the first leg. And United boss Ralph Ranić is hoping for another brilliant display from Cristiano Ronaldo. If he can score another three goals, we will see. I mean, it's not so easy to score three goals against this team at all. But I think his overall performance was just good, was uh, if not even very good. And uh, this is uh, obviously what we hope to get from him again tomorrow night. And for more football news from the BBC, go to bbc.com forward slash football. 
BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Thanks, Jordan. Not wanting to put the uh, the elbow into budding sports reporters, um, I thought I'd made a mistake, but he did, because uh, City are four points clear, not three points clear, and Liverpool won't go top if they beat Arsenal on Wednesday. Oh, right, OK. Well, no, we're not going to get carried away. Four points behind uh, with the game in hand. And I think you're playing each other soon as well, so... Well... Mm. That's going to be good. Oh, well, we're not going to just, you know... Draw. Call as a cucumber. Draw, hopefully, and Chelsea can sleep, sneak up on, sneak up on the rails. <laughs> Who? Who? <laughs> the team That's in third team place. The European champions, thank you. Uh, in the course finals of the Scottish Cup last night, Celtic were 3-0 winners at Dundee United. There are two round of 16 leg ties in the European Champions League tonight. Ajax play Benfica with the scores tied at one all, And it's all square as uh, Manchester United host Atletico Madrid at one all too. Cricket, it's day four of the second test between Pakistan and Australia in Karachi. And Australia are in a commanding position. Uh, they uh, bowled Pakistan out for just 148 in their first innings after having made a massive 556 for nine declared. Uh, then they have declared their second innings on 97 for two leaving Pakistan to uh, climb a mountain to try and win that game with one and a half days left. Don't think they're going to get anywhere near it. They're 11 for one at the moment. And in Formula One, a human rights group has accused the sports of ignoring government abuses in Bahrain just a few days ahead of the first Grand Prix of the season. The Bahrain Institute for Rights and Democracy says that Formula One has abandoned those who've been tortured and imprisoned, partly as a result of criticism of the race. The group has written a letter to the sports president and chief executive officer, Stefano Domenicali, saying that claims that Formula One takes violence, abuse of human rights and repression very seriously are not true. Formula One says it takes its responsibility on rights very seriously and sets high ethical standards for counterparties and those involved in its supply chain. The weather forecast is brought to you by Camper and Nicholson's Yacht Management Division. Mainly fine today with a moderate to strong easterly winds. Top temperature 16 degrees, overnight lows 7 to 10 degrees with clear skies. Wednesday and Thursday partially cloudy, moderate to strong easterly winds and highs of 15 to 17 degrees. The weather forecast brought to you by Camper and Nicholson's Yacht Management Division. Our qualified team of yacht management experts offer bespoke advice and services to owners and captains alike. Visit camperandnicholsons.com. Thought we'd just swap the weather and the marine weather around this morning for a change. Uh, for coastal areas up to 20 miles offshore, the Almaracim and the Var, the general situation is a depression, 1,000 millibars over Morocco, generating a moderate to strong easterly flow across the Mediterranean. Uh, winds are northeasterly, force 5 to 7. The sea is moderate to rough. Visibility is good. Barometric pressure at Saint Jean Cap Ferrand, 1,030 millibars. And the outlook for Wednesday. Clear skies, force 5 to 7. Northeasterly winds, moderate to rough seas, and good visibility. For North Corsica, winds are east southeasterly, force 5 to 7. The sea is moderate to rough. Visibility is good. Barometric pressure at Cap Corse, 1,028 millibars. And the outlook for Wednesday, clear skies, force 5 to 7 southeasterly winds, moderate to rough seas, and good visibility. Finally, 
Well, you might have your favourite chippy, chip shop, fish and chip shop, but you're not alone because apparently, according to recent research, a seagulls remember where they ate fish and chips from <laughs> and they travel dozens of miles to visit specific shops. A scientist claimed that the birds remember where they last dined on fish and chips and they flock back from dozens of miles away. A research has found that herring gulls make a beeline for a specific chip shop in the town of um, Troon? Troon, yeah. Troon. Mm. Troon. On Troon. Sc- <laughs> Troon yeah. on Scotland's west coast. So there you go. Mm. Mm. Excellent. Bet you didn't know that. I hate seagulls. Have I ever told you that? Oh, they speak very highly of you. Really? Mm. Whenever I have fish and chips, I quite often wish I just had the fish and not the chips. Why? Chips well, because are... I told you the chips go all soggy and then you can't finish them. It's a waste, isn't it? True. Better have a flock of seagulls then.